This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Earlhead Attic Podcast. I am Ryland Stiles, and today we have a full show for you. Patrick Mahomes returns to the field. Is it the right decision? Chiefs players are calling out the fans, and can the Chiefs win out amongst the topics today? A lot more than that to get into, though, so let's start with the most important topic, Patrick Mahomes. The most important player in football, the best player in football, the best quarterback in football, and the Chiefs franchise player and franchise saver, really. The question I had for this week was, will Patrick Mahomes play and should he play? Now, if you ask me, should he play, I would say no. I think that Matt Moore can beat Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. I think that the way that this defense has been playing the last few weeks is good enough to slow down that offense. I mean, they just slowed down Dalvin Cook. They really held, the last three weeks have held each running back to a low number of rushing yards, but you know, through the air, Jones got him a little bit in the Packers game. Nonetheless, though, I believe in that defense, you know, to to hold off on the uh, Titans, and the offense I think is good enough under Matt Moore to outscore the Titans, who are, is not exactly a prolific offense in their own right. So I would have sat Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs are going to play him. Now I'm not a doctor by any means. I don't even play one on the podcast. I just think that he could use a little bit more rest because you get the Chargers this week, take another week off, then get ready for a very intense divisional game against the Chargers. While the Chargers are down this year, they routinely play the Chiefs tough. We'll get into that next week, of course. But, you know, I'm interested to see how Mahomes looks in this game. Obviously, he's been a full participant all week in practice. Uh, Matt Moore did do the Wednesday press availability, which is a little bit weird, but a little bit of gamesmanship also from the Chiefs, obviously. Uh, and Andy Root, of course, said he's not going to play Patrick Mahomes unless it's safe to do so, which, duh, we kind of knew that already. Uh, but, again, the Chiefs are not going to put the savior of this franchise in harm's way, again. If you listen to the couple-week shows uh, whenever he got hurt, you'll know what I mean by again. But he will, uh, he'll be fine, I think. I don't think that there's any big reason to be upset that he's playing. I just would have actually not played him until next week. But that's all, that's all irrelevant now, that we know he's playing. Now, what can we expect from him on Sunday? I think that the first drive, maybe two even, are not going to be your traditional Mahomes game. Not going to be your traditional Mahomes start to a game. He surprised us before. He's done things that, that you don't expect you know, throughout his entire career, really. His whole entire career, to an extent, is something that you don't expect, even if you were high on Mahomes no one could have foreseen him being the best quarterback in the NFL uh, entering his second year as a starter. 
But here's the thing. I think that he'll be amped up for this one, of course. He's been willing to return to the field since he got injured. I mean, he, he thought he could go against the Packers. Now, whether that was gamesmanship or that's truly how he felt, that's, that's what he said. So he'll be so jittery and excited and ready to go. I think we could see a couple passes in the first two drives that are just totally off base. I wouldn't say interceptions because he's smarter than that, but I think that you can overthrow Tyreek Hill long. He'll throw a ball out of bounds into the stands. I think he'll just be so amped up and he needs to settle in and relax. Now, Andy Reid can help this. Andy Reid can design plays to where he's designed to throw it with a one-look read, two yards on the field, he's settled in, he's ready to go. But that's something to watch for on Sunday. Other than that, though, I don't see this defense of the Titans posing any sort of threat to this offense of the Chiefs. I mean, you can go down the list of, of skill players that you already know if you want to, but I think Patrick Mahomes and this offense will roll against the Titans. We'll get into that full preview after this. Other injury reports, Frank Clark and Eric Fisher, uh, you know, there are two cases that I'm not really sure what to make of it. Now, Frank Clark's neck injury has been described as a concern for most people. Most people aren't even sure he's going to play again this season. That's a huge deal to me. Because once you start talking about the neck injury, where we don't have much information about it, there hasn't been any official information, just a neck injury has been disclosed. Not the, not the severity of it, not even how it happened. And if you look at, you know, of course, everyone listening to this podcast has probably watched every Chiefs game. You cannot pinpoint a play in which, okay, that's where he hurt his neck. So this is a very weird situation, especially after you just paid him, you know, the most you've ever given a player in your franchise history. I'm concerned about it. I don't know if he'll play again this season. I'm leaning towards he might be shut down for the rest of the regular season. That's what I'm leaning towards right now. Now, that could be hyperbolic. That could be... You know, that could be overreactionary, but it just doesn't feel good about Frank Clark. I don't have a good feeling about this. Uh, I think that he will ultimately not play again this year. And I think that could be for the best for him. Because if you read coming into this year, it sounded like he wasn't healthy at any point this season. He had the wrist injuries, the elbow injuries, which led to this neck injury. Some Some are speculating. We don't know that for a fact, but some are saying, hey, when you have ligament damage in both your elbows, it can it can affect your shoulder and your neck. Now, I don't know if that's true or not in this case, because again, we have no information on it, which makes it even more peculiar, makes it even more, however you want to say it, it makes it even more you know, strange and odd. I don't think that he plays again in the regular, in the regular season at least. Now, postseason, maybe he tries to give it a go, but really this is an investment for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have already given him all his money. They've already locked him up long term. So why would you risk that for this season? Now, this season is of much importance. Super Bowl or bust is what I was saying before the season. And I still agree with that. This team is talented enough to go to the Super Bowl, but you also have to finance. You can't finance your future for it. Because Frank Clark hasn't been all that good this year, which could be due to injury. So why would I risk his future career over a season in which he's already not played very well? Now, Eric Fisher. I'm much more confident Eric Fisher will play. I think by the weekend of Thanksgiving, obviously they do not play on Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving weekend, the the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I think by then he will have played. Whether it's this week or against the Chargers uh, or after the bye week, I think he will have played in the NFL for the Chiefs, obviously. It sounds like he just has a normal injury that's just kind of lingering a little bit and he just needs some time off. So he practiced a little bit this week. I'm not sure the the official 
designation for him uh, as of right now. But it doesn't sound like he'll give it a go. I think he'll he'll test it out pregame, but it doesn't sound like he'll go this week. Uh, but I think he's going to be back again by the week of Thanksgiving, you know, at, at the latest, I think. Chiefs fans calling out, excuse me, Chiefs players calling out Chiefs fans. You know, Chris Jones was really the one that, that put that threw the hammer down, but but Traverius Ward uh, also said something on Twitter about, you know, we've got to do a better job as, as Chiefs Kingdom to uh, fill up Arrowhead, which, which is fine. I mean, that, that's no big deal. Uh, Chris Jones is the one who kind of just came over the top with it, and I think that since his was not a tweet and his was just verbally in an interview, I think he got caught up in his answer. He got caught up, you know, in the moment and kind of rambled a little bit and kind of droned on a little bit too long. Uh, and, it, and it ended up sounding like he was saying, hey, you're not allowed to sell your tickets, get into the game, uh, you know, whatever, you know, however you want to take that. Basically, all I said was just that. Come to the game, don't sell your tickets to opposing fans. And what I would say is, those players, Ward, Jones, and whoever else may feel that way, has the right to feel that way. Because for the first time in my life, I saw Arrowhead get taken over by Vikings fans last week. I saw Arrowhead get taken over by Packers fans to a lesser degree two weeks ago. So, I agree. This is no longer your father's Arrowhead. This is no longer the Arrowhead that lives in infamy. The Arrowhead that, you know is talked about on NFL Network on on the greatest, you know, stadiums of all time or those top 10 shows on NFL Network. It's no longer that. We have to admit that as a fan base, uh, as Chiefs fans, media, whatever you want to say, we have to admit that right now that the 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 Chiefs Kingdom, the Arrowhead Stadium does not have that same uh, threatening factors as it once did. It's no longer a place you cannot win in. Because a, because a couple losses at home, three straight to be exact, and no Patrick Mahomes made the fans not show up and get outnumbered by Vikings fans. And to a lesser degree, Packers fans. Packers fans didn't really outnumber you. They never really took the game over. At one point, the Vikings fans were doing skull chants in the middle of the game while the Chiefs had the football. So, I mean, they never outnumbered you in the Packers game or even um, got louder than you in the Packers game. But the Vikings game is really the one that just sticks out as just embarrassing. But here's the thing. I can say that, and you can say that if you want to at home. Or you can say I'm an idiot and that Arrowhead is the best stadium in the NFL. When a player does it, though, it, it sounds different. It, it, it comes off as different. As a player, you, you should never really do this, I don't think. You have the right to voice your opinion, but I think that it's always going to be taken as a negative from fans. They're always going to take it as you're telling me what to do, you're telling me how to spend my money, you're telling me that I owe you this, to go to these games. I owe you not to sell my tickets and make a profit. I owe you my paycheck. Because it's expensive to go to a football game. Especially in Kansas City. The parking is outrageous. You know, the, the tickets are outrageous. I mean, it's pretty expensive to go to a football game. So, the million dollar player telling somebody that might rub them the wrong way. It, it doesn't affect me. I, I don't really care. I'm not outraged in any by any means by these players. What I will say, though, it's a little bit hip, uh, hypocritical. Because at the same time that you're telling fans that you owe them not to sell their tickets, you owe them to show to the, show up to the game, that they can't win, that's what that's what Chris Jones says, they can't win at a high level unless you show up to the games. So ultimately you're saying the three home losses were on the, the fans, which it wasn't. Because again, the fans didn't get outnumbered until the, the win against the Vikings. But you're telling them all these things that they owe you, they owe you this, they owe you that, they owe you a Chiefs Kingdom, they owe you 
uh, a full stadium. Which, by the way, if the fans are is what causing you to lose games, how do you ever win a road game? How? I don't understand. Nonetheless, at the same time that the players are telling you all that, when they leave and sign somewhere else, which Chris Jones can do in a couple of years if the Chiefs don't pay him, when they leave and go play somewhere else, they'll say, well, I didn't owe that fan base anything. I'm doing what's best for me. So what's best for the fan last week might have been to sell their tickets. You know, They might not have been able to go to the game. They might need that money back that they spent on those tickets whenever they realize, okay, Mahomes isn't playing. It's not going to be the same experience that I wanted to have. And I didn't really have the, the finances for it anyway, so I might as well sell them. It, that might have been the best decision from the fans. They, they might be taking care of, the, of themselves. So you cannot play both sides and say you owe me this, but then also uh, say you don't owe the fan base anything, which I don't think that they do. I don't think the fans owe the players anything. I don't think that, I don't think that the fans owe the players to show up. I don't think that the players owe the fans to stay. It's totally about the individual. So let's just keep it at that. The players just play. The fans do whatever the fans want to do, and there we go. That got a lot of people talking, uh, you know, the players kind of calling out the fans a little bit. Again, I was never upset with Ward or even Chris Jones. Uh, I was never upset with the fans who were upset. It's how everyone interpret it. Do I understand the frustration from the players that they're at home? Sure, I guess. I mean, whatever. Do I understand why the fans didn't show up? Yeah. I mean, the fans who didn't show up probably watched it on TV, unless they truly could not make the game in any way. So, I mean, they weren't like, I'm no longer a Chiefs fan because they've lost three home games and, and Mahomes is hurt. They're just not going to go spend their entire day at Arrowhead Stadium to watch Matt Moore. Even if I didn't live six hours away, I don't blame you. I wouldn't do that. So, I don't think this is a, anything. And I think that here in a couple of weeks when the Chiefs are rolling uh, and Mahomes is back throwing touchdowns, we'll, we'll forget all about this. But... It's an interesting discussion right now. So tell me what you think on the players calling out the fans. Are the players right? Are the fans right? Or are you like me and nobody's right? You have the right to do whatever you want to do. You can call out the fans if you want to. Well, I don't think that that's a, that's a good business model. I don't think that you know, you're know you ever going to gain fans that way, but you can do whatever you want to do. And you can also go to the games or not go to the games as long as you have a ticket or you can sell your ticket if you want to, whatever you want to do. Until the Chiefs tell you you can't sell the ticket that you bought, which... We'll see if that ever happens, but you know, some I believe there's there's uh, the Packers. I think is is a team that doesn't let you resell season tickets. Now you can sell you know one game tickets back if you want to, but I think that that's what the Packers do. I'm not sure on that for uh, you know for 100. percent But nonetheless, that's enough on the fan drama of the week. Again, let's talk more about Patrick Mahomes going back and how real how realistic is it that the Chiefs can win out? I think that there's about a 90% chance that they went out, 95% chance even that they went out. They're going to win this week against the Titans. If they, if they cannot beat the Titans, I don't care who's a quarterback, they need to seriously do some soul searching if they lose to the Titans. They're going to beat the Titans. The Chargers always play close with the Chiefs, always. No matter how good the Chargers are or how bad they are. It's always a close game. I was at the game last year in Arrowhead whenever the Chargers ruined my experience there. The Chargers are not good this year. In Mexico City, in LA, in Kansas City, don't care where the game's at, that's another win. And then they have a bye week to get ready for the Raiders, who have been sneaky good this year. They're not world beaters. They're they're not even on the Chiefs playing field right now, but 
they can sneak up on you, even at home, even in Arrowhead. I still think that's a win, though. And then the big one. The last game, which you can call it a loss, is at the Patriots. I'm not ready. While I agree the Patriots are not good this year, I don't care what their record says. They haven't played anyone besides the Ravens, and they got beat by the Ravens handedly, uh, mind you. If you actually watch that game, the Ravens had that game in, in total control the entire way. Hmm. I don't know that. I don't know why my Alexa just turned on, but sorry about that. So, I don't think the Patriots are that good. I think that if you did a blind test of these two teams, a blind analysis, I take away the Chiefs' name, I take away the Patriots' name, and I simply looked at each player on the roster... I would pick the Chiefs, but I cannot pick them in New England, in Foxborough, until they've actually won. But again, I think that the Chiefs have a better team, so they should win that game just based off that. But I, I just won't pick them to win that game. But that's really the only the only game in question. They're going to beat the Broncos without Joe Flacco, which it wouldn't matter if he'd played or not, but they're even worse without Joe Flacco. They'll beat the Bears, who have no offense whatsoever, so even if the defense does give Mahomes a little bit of trouble with that pass rush, which, which it will because the Chiefs O-line has been awful this year, and that pass rush is really good. That's also the second to last week of the year. The Bears are probably out of it. They might be resting a few people, uh, or, or someone might get a little stinger, and that might actually hold them out of the game, where otherwise he would have played. But still, I'm still picking the Chiefs to go into Chicago and win. And then the Chargers. The Chargers last week of the year... Again, this just depends on if the Chiefs are sitting anyone and how the standings shake out. But in terms of talent, win. So they can win out. I'd say it's a 95% chance it comes down to that Patriots game. Uh, quickly, Des Bryant tweeted out that he wants to play again. And for some reason, Chiefs fans uh, kind of went into like a tweeting storm about this. I don't care that Des Bryant wants to play again. He's not going to cost any money whatsoever. He's going to be extremely cheap. Veterans minimum. If he wants to play for the Chiefs and if he signs with the Chiefs, who cares? Cool, I guess. It's Des Bryant. He's not going to make or break this season. They don't need to go get Des Bryant, and I wouldn't be upset if they did go get Des Bryant in a couple weeks. He says he's two weeks out from being healthy and able to return to football activities. So, again, I don't care if he is or isn't on the team. I think he's a Kelvin Benjamin type. You bring him in. If he gives you any sort of production, cool. If not, oh well, who cares? And then one more topic before we start previewing the Titans game even further. Should the Chiefs pay Chris Jones? And I think that this answer is unanimously yes from every Chiefs fan that's watched the game, that's watched his career in Kansas City. I don't think it's a hot take to say that Chris Jones is the best defensive lineman in football. I think this season... Not in his career, but this season, he's been better than Aaron Donald. I think this season, he has been amazing. You absolutely have to pay Chris Jones, and it sucks that you've already given that money to Frank Clark, who is now hurt and hasn't been very good when he does play. In fact, he's been bad when he does play. People are just afraid to admit that. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about Frank Clark that they think that they need to handle him with kid gloves and protect him at all costs. He's been bad, and he hasn't been double teamed that much. You need to go look at the tape if you think, oh, he's been double teamed all this time. That's why he's so bad. No, he hasn't. But you absolutely have to pay Chris Jones and then figure it out. Figure it out from there. But you cannot let Chris Jones get away. Again, that's that talent 
is irreplaceable. It's sure it's certainly not going to be replaced by Frank Clark. So you've kind of screwed the pooch there if you're the chief front office, uh, but they're known to do that. Now let's get into the Titans game. And of course, it's a noon game on CBS. The Chiefs are a five and a half point favorite. I'm taking that line 10 out of 10 times. Uh, the defense really just has to stay aggressive. I, I don't I do not want to see this defense get complacent with Patrick Mahomes. If watching these last three games, it feels like the Chiefs' defense was like, okay, it's on us now. It's been on the offense all year for the last year and a half. It's been on the offense. Now it's on us. We have to go make the plays. We have to go send the pressure. We have to figure out a way to get this ball back, and we have to do everything we can to get stops. That should not change with Mahomes. If they can stay aggressive, keep sending blitzes, keep shutting down offenses, the Chiefs can truly blow somebody out, which... Despite the fact that they put up a ton of points each week, they haven't really done. They haven't really blown anyone out in the last two years. They can do that this this week if, if the defense can stay aggressive. If the defense can stay really just blitzing, blitzing the quarterback. I mean, keep getting pressure uh, in the backfield. And really, you know, I wrote this note before it was official that Mahomes was coming back, but the offense just needs to be mediocre. I don't think that even against a bad Chiefs defense that the Titans can put up enough points to win this football game. My players to watch this week, obviously Mahomes. How does he look with that brace on? I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. He will be wearing a brace of some sort on that knee. How does he How does he move around with that brace on? Is it limiting him in any way? Uh, and also just the what I was talking about earlier, the jitter effect of it. How hyped up is he? Can he control himself for the first two drives? I don't think that'll be a lingering issue. I don't think we'll see a terrible game because he's so juiced up. I think we'll see a terrible first drive. Maybe even a second drive. But other than that, I think we'll settle in. And then, of course, Damian Williams. Chiefs fans are so excited about Damian Williams. What has he done? He had that long, untouched run for a touchdown that went 93 yards or however long it went. That's cool. That's that's fine. He was untouched. He had perfect blocking. He hasn't done anything outside of that run. I want to see if that maybe can turn the page, though, for him personally and get him back on track because Chiefs fans, you got people out here talking crazy, saying give him the ball 15 times a game, give him the ball 20 times a game. Please, I mean, let's relax a little bit. I want to see how he performs uh, on Sunday. And then Charvarius Ward, he's been good. He's been good the last half of the season, the last quarter of the season, I should say, because you know we're just at the halfway point. But nonetheless, he's been good. I want to see if that continues. It should continue against Ryan Tannehill and no real weapons, but I just want to see him play yet another good game. He's actually been pretty fun to watch um, this season. So now my picks. I'm one to know this. I mean, 0-1 this week. Excuse me. I had the Chargers minus one on Thursday. Obviously, we know how that game ended. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, you know, minus the five and a half. Uh, even if it's up to seven now, I'll go ahead and take the minus seven. I'm not sure where the line's at right now. Uh, Lions at Bears. Give me the Bears minus two and a half. Uh, Ravens at Bengals going to be the Ravens minus 10. I'm a little bit concerned about that, uh, not because I don't think the, that I think the Bengals are going to win, but because I don't know if the Ravens will come out and just put the Bengals away. They could be in a little bit of a dogfight, closer than expected, but still, I'll take the Ravens minus 10. Bills at Browns. Boy, if you have listened to this podcast since it started, thank you, by the way, you'll know that I was super high on the Browns and super low on the Bills. The records reflect the opposite, but the Bills are not that good. They're not as good as the record shows. They're not that good of a football team. Incredible defense, lackluster at best offense. 
Browns at home. Browns are desperate for a win, desperate to get back on track. Give me the Browns minus two and a half. Falcons at Saints. It's a 12 and a half line in favor of the Saints. That's a lot of points, but the Falcons are so terrible. Give me the Saints with having Kamara back minus 12 and a half. Giants at Jets. Who cares? I mean, who cares? I'll take the Jets plus two and a half. I was high on the Jets earlier in the year, uh, but of course, the quarterback gets mono and the Jets happen. So, Jets plus two against the Giants. Danny Dimes is not for real. We kind of crowned him a little bit too much and called everyone an idiot for saying he sucks whenever in reality he does suck. Cardinals at Bucks. I'm taking Cardinals plus the four and a half. Don't believe in Winston. I like Kyler Murray. I like Cliff Kingsbury. I like that Cardinals team. I'll take the Cardinals. Panthers at Packers. Packers minus five and a half. They bounce back at home against a mediocre Panthers team after just getting destroyed by the Chargers. And if you ask Aaron Rodgers, it's because LA Nightlife is undefeated. Rams at Steelers. Give me the Rams minus four. Not that hard of a discussion to have. Mason Rudolph, fun little player, nice little player, not good enough. Rams minus four. Vikings at Cowboys. Kirk Cousins, terrible in primetime, has won one primetime game in his whole career. Give me Cowboys minus three. Seahawks at 49ers. Give me the Seahawks plus six on Monday night football. I like the Seahawks 49ers game. I think that's going to be the best Monday night game of the year. Uh, interested in the Cowboys game a little bit. Cowboys are known to pl- to really let teams hang around that shouldn't really hang around with them. How do the Vikings respond from getting shut down by the Chiefs last week? Uh, but again, I'm not trusting Kirk Cousins, especially in prime time. So I'll take the Cowboys in that one. Should be a fun week of football ahead. We'll have a rapid reaction tomorrow after the uh, Titans game. Just five quick things about the game. We'll have a full podcast reviewing the NFL football of last week in the Chiefs on Tuesday, preview podcast on Thursday, and so on and so forth from that format the rest of the season. So thank you all for listening to the Aerodoc Podcast. I'm Ryland Styles. Be good and be good to one another. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Uh, on Twitter, you can send me in uh, your questions, comments, concerns about the podcast, and also just your pure hot takes or even just reasonable takes. Just send in your NFL opinions or Chiefs opinions, and we'll play Ruling on the Field on Tuesday where I'll read off what you send me and tell you if I agree or disagree with you. So again, thank you all for listening. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you guys after the game tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning Shingles are designed to offer long-lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130-mile-per-hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Save big on Shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. Save big.